making new highs uranium is making it rain we'll talk pure gold we'll talk calibre we'll talk jim kramer crying we're going to talk a little bit about kanye and a little bit about ted cruz i am co-owner of digest publishing gerardo del real along with my co-host and also co-owner of digest publishing mr nick hodge and this is our therapy session that we call bizarro world Number 192, I believe. Nick, how are you? Getting ready for Halloween as you are, Gerardo. I like the uh, the Guy Fox mask there. Remember, remember the 5th of November. It's coming up very soon. Do you know what this mask is? <laughs> I'm scared to ask. <laughs> this is the faceless child mask from uh, Pink, <laughs> Pink Floyd's The Wall. Um, and they were getting, you know, turned out in the in the meat grinder from uh, the teachers and becoming a cog in the system or uh, another brick in the wall, as it were, a faceless child. Very, very well done. I am going to go ahead and do away with the hat and the mask for now. And maybe we'll bring it back here in a bit. <laughs> oh, a little fun for Halloween. I had a buddy who made those masks when we went to... Um, a Pink Floyd show in Philadelphia a couple of years ago. The guy, one of the guys we went with, he made these. He like hand poured them and painted them and everything. So um, that is awesome. What, that, what that a is show awesome. that was! I love it. I, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Let's get right into it. Let's get into the markets. Jim Cramer crying. Meta earnings were absolutely abysmal. We keep telling you all that the stock market is not the economy, is not the not the individual stocks that you pick and buy. All very different things. And look, the markets are rallying. We'll talk about whether that's a head fake or not. But the markets can rally and Meta can still be down 24%. Both things can be true. And Jim Cramer can still be crying while the market rallies three, four, five hundred points on almost daily basis this week. It's been a great week for the overall indices, except for the NASDAQ. I'd love to get your thoughts on the markets there, Nick. You've been calling uh, it right for a very long time now. <laughs> another bear market bounce like we saw from June through August. Um, you're seeing one materialize now. It's um, S&P has been making you know lower highs and lower lows, and, and that continues to be the case. We're in a, a downtrend. Um, those Facebook earnings were horrible, or meta, as it were. You'll recall that was the F in FANG for so long when it was the FANG stocks, the FANG stocks, remember? The um, and something else now. <laughs> well, that's right. And, and, and so, you know, um, drastic cost overruns in their in their metaverse spending. Um, as you mentioned, the stock down over 20% uh, in a day since they reported earnings, which led to um, Jim Cramer tearing up on CNBC today about how bad his call was that, um, you know, Facebook was a good investment and, and admitting that he got it wrong. So, you know, this market's making grown men cry and um, Meta erased, you know, 90 billion with a B in market cap in 24 hours. And so that's a lot, right? Yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> and, 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 and it's still um, potentially uh, overvalued. So, you know, tech stock earnings are, are abysmal. Um, earnings growth across the entire S&P. Um, you know, that's one of the largest 20 companies in the S&P, for example. So anyway, we've got about 200 companies of the 500 reporting in the S&P and earnings growth is negative 3% and it's still going to get worse in the coming quarters. So um, 
head fake rally, whatever you want to call it, bear market rally, um, is not going to last long the same way that the, the pullback in the dollar that we're seeing and the, and the pullback in rates isn't going to um, last long. So, um, gosh, uh, to keep piling on is, you know, that was four quarters in a row of, of shrinking profit growth for Facebook and um, Microsoft didn't have good earnings. Um, Apple hasn't reported yet, but will by the time this podcast comes out. And Tesla, which we're going to talk more about, had bad earnings as well. You know, they're saying that they've got to um, cut costs or cut prices rather for their cars in China, which is one of the few areas that they're actually profitable in. They got to cut the price <laughs> of their cost because of global softness in, in the economy. And um, I guess those are the thoughts on 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 the tech side of things. But yeah, you know, the Nasdaq remains down thirty percent and. Um, it's continues not to be a bottom is, is what I would say. So let me translate for those of you that watch your 401k and aren't able to self-direct it, self-manage it and only get um, limited options on the stocks and the funds that can be in there. You're likely, likely going to see more losses there, more rain before it gets sunnier for sure here. And again, a 20%, a further 20% drop in the NASDAQ would not surprise me at all. And I think everybody should be by now braced for it. At least those of you that have been reading Nick's work, who comments more on the overall indices than I do and follows it more than I do. Um, but if you're reading his work, he's, he's prepared you for the past year and a half for this, right? You positioned beautifully. You got the oil call right. You've gotten several other calls right. You got this plunge, right? You've always said, you've written for the past year that we could see pre-COVID lows, right? And and it's continued in that direction. And now just to be clear, Nick, you're calling for a bear market bounce is what you're calling this past week action. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, in a letter I wrote today for Hodge Family Office, I put sort of a channel on the S&P and you can see that there's much more uh, downside risk than upside potential, especially as earnings um, continue to worsen, um, not only this quarter, but like I say, uh, will again next quarter. And as um, the economy continues not to grow is essentially flat, right? Um, and we can talk about GDP if you want, but uh, regarding your comments on, you know, your 401k, you might not have a lot of options, but certainly one of your options, even if you're limited, is to not own things, um, otherwise known as moving to cash, right? Um, having a cash position. So while you might only be able to pick a couple of funds or, um, you know, blue chip NYSE listed stocks, um, you, you don't have to own anything. And that's been one of the smartest things you can do this year. Um, I was on a podcast earlier this week, the, the Corlin Economics podcast, and they were asking me about the 60-40 portfolio. And I said, yeah, it's 40% cash now, not 40% bonds. <laughs> and if it wasn't, it would be 40% gone. That's right. Yeah. I mean, oh, so yeah, that reminds me as well. I was reading a Grant's interest rate observer this week, and he was saying that uh, bonds are off to their worst start since um, the English speaking language was started. <laughs> funny, not funny. Funny, not funny, guys and gals. Um, we told you last week that in the near term, the dollar would likely get weaker. Um, it, it, it has significantly. It's flirting with the 110 range right now. It was as high as 115 recently. Again, I'll caution. I, I, I think the weakness is temporary. I think it's just near term. Um, I do see dollar strength returning in the next few months. And I think, look, a large part of that is, is, is some of the central banks are already starting to slow the pace of their rate hikes. We saw the Bank of Canada, you know, have a come to Jesus moment, per se, 
um, going from 75 to 50 basis points. And some of that is what led to the dollar weakening a bit. It's very simple, folks. The interest on the debt is not sustainable at high interest rates, higher interest rates. It's just not. And so will we see higher rates in the near term? Yes. Will we see a weaker dollar in the near term? I think yes. But again, I think there's another dollar rally coming. I think there are more rate hikes coming in the U.S. But we are getting closer. I, I, it does feel like, Nick, and I hate to go off a of feeling, but it does feel like we are getting closer to a deceleration of the rate hikes. Maybe not 75, maybe talks of 50 after this next 75 basis point rise. Any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, every day that passes, you get closer to uh, the end of this bear market and, and getting back to actual economic growth. But I still don't think that comes for, you know, six to nine to 12 months. Uh, uh, when's the next Fed meeting? Is the 2nd of November, I believe it is. Um, I think they're Correct. going to hike 75 basis points. And uh, as I mentioned on this podcast, if you look back to the, the early 80s when Volcker was hiking rates, you know, the dollar went much higher than it um, was going now. So just as it's sort of the inverse of what we were just talking about with the S&P, just as the S&P's trend is still down, albeit with little upticks here and there, the overall trend for the broader indices is down. Uh, and the inverse of that is because the overall trend for the dollar and rates is still up. And so uh, just like you're seeing a little bump in the, in the S&P now is you're seeing a little tick down in the dollar. And that's honestly what allows stocks um, and commodities to um, go up, but but that's the the short term move, and 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 we should define time frames here. Short term, you know, three to to six months, right? Um, but is not going to last. Is is what I would say. You know, I think that a, a strong dollar returns, uh, perhaps as soon as the second of, of November, getting back uh, above the one ten level on the, on the DXY, and, and that's going to put continued pressure on commodities. Like I was selling oil stocks again today after taking a. A six percent gain in a month, which is good work if you can get it. That's you know close to what the S and P normally goes up in a year. Um, wrote to my uh, monthly subscribers this morning, in fact, uh, before we recorded this, saying you know we've been in this energy ETF for um, basically a month and a half since the middle of, of September, and, and I think it's coming up against not only resistance in its own chart, but um, I think the dollar is going to turn back around, which is going to send oil stocks uh, and oil lower. So. Um, <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's how I see it right now. Same reason that gold continues to be a, a sideshow yeah. and, and, and is relatively weak. Uh, you, 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 you took my next question and he answered it. Good job, Nick. Gold <laughs> remains boring. It's uh, 1660. I think you could see 1620. I think you could see 1600. I think you could see 1700. It doesn't matter. No real capital is going to be allocated into the gold space and the gold stocks. Um, anywhere near these levels. It's going to take $1,900, $2,000 gold for people to really perk up and start getting interested. Again, we have tax law selling season. A couple of you had some questions about that recently. Um, and, and, you know, tax law selling season is, is just when you sell stocks at a loss, you're losers in the portfolio to offset any gains that you may have. Or if you have significant gains, you, 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 you take a loss on some of those stocks um, to offset those gains to make your tax bill a lot less here in the U.S. I realize that's not the case around the world, but here in the U.S., when we, re we refer to tax law selling season, that is what we are referencing, everybody. So gold remains boring. Silver, industrial metal, same, going lower, right? Is there another silver squeeze coming, Nick? 
Well, let's lump it together. <laughs> let's lump it together with with pure gold and and calibre or, or caliber. Um, yeah, just uh, for the you know for the same reason as it was as the end of September and, and early October. You've got a the pullback in in rates and dollar, which we already mentioned, and so um, you've got silver ticking up close to twenty. But um, that's not the direction. It's just a counter trend move, right? The the trend is down or at least sideways, it's certainly not up for silver and um, gold. And, you know, I continue to hear about all these, you know, um, the the COMEX is running out of gold or silver, you know, there's not enough silver to go around. Well, you know, we've been running out of silver every month for decades. I mean, the same with diesel. I saw an article this week, the U.S. only has 25 days of diesel. Um, it's like, okay, but like in 25 days, we'll have another 25 days of diesel. Like, it's, like there's going to be gas. You know what I mean? It's I like, only have these, two weeks of shampoo left. Right. Would Go you get, get some right? more. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, these, these shock headlines, um, you know, for for both things like that, for things that people need to go higher, or that's the only thing they talk about, um, it's the same thing as, you know, um, incumbent politicians, certainly Democrats, you know, saying that the GDP was a good print, right? It's like, um, that's their shtick. That's their mantra. They have to say that, right? But, um, you know, if you look at uh, the GDP that came out this week uh, on October 27th, it was um, consumer spending was down for both durable goods uh, and non-durable goods. You know, real estate investment was significantly down. The only reason um, it was a positive number, putting a halt to the two consecutive quarters of negative growth, which, by the way, means we're in a recession, um, was that technically imports, <laughs> imports were slowing faster than exports. And so it was sort of a technicality. And even, um, you know, left leaning rags at the New York Times and NPR had to put caveats in their headlines <laughs> like um, GDP uh, returns to positive growth. But. Um, you know, it's still fears of recession or still not good from the consumer or whatever that but is, right? Um, uh, and so things uh, not good, I don't think, from uh, the perspective of uh, the economic contraction cycle. And another reason, by the way, a uh, positive GDP, why the, the Fed is going to continue to hike. So they're going to say, oh, look, the economy is growing. We haven't put, put an end to economic growth. We're going to continue to uh, hike another 75 basis points. So, um yeah, and that's what you asked about silver. That's why there's there's going to be a, a lid because they're going to continue to to hike. There there is no a pivot. Keep keep waiting. <laughs> silver lower, gold sideways to lower, dollar lower maybe for another few days and likely higher. The Dow likely lower, maybe not the next few days, but that's definitely the trend going into year end. Same for the Nasdaq, same for the S and P, same for the TSXV. Did I got that right, Nick? That's exactly right. Oh, and the thing I, I neglected to mention there, you said we we're going to talk about pure gold and, and I said we were just going to mention caliber is um, speaking of people talking their books, I've seen uh, a couple of newsletters this week who were definitely long in recommending pure gold, which just absolutely pretty much, you know, went zero down to a penny or two pennies um, because they don't have funding um, and are immediately halt, halting productions uh, at their mind. Um, you know, quietly, um, you know, walk away and whatever they do, discontinue coverage or uh, pretend they, they weren't recommending it. And um, anyway, that's the same as, you know, people always having to talk their book, right, um, in, in some respects. And um, so that's that was pure gold. And 
um, with caliber, it's jurisdictional risk, which we always talk about, right? We, you yeah. and I, know uh, gentlemen at, at caliber. I think it's a, a, a fairly decent company, but um, have never been keen to invest in it simply because it was in Nicaragua. And um, the Biden administration uh, has come out now and said that they're, you know, placing sanctions on the the gold mining industry in Nicaragua. Now, um, I did something that I wouldn't recommend you do, and that's I bought some caliber for the dead cat bounce the other day, and and I flipped it for a couple of pennies, holding it less than twenty four hours. But that's not, um, you know, going in and making a long term investment in a Nicaraguan jurisdiction. That's just, you know watching the chart and knowing that it's going to bounce after selling all 50% in two days or whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, it was up 17% today as much as 19%. It came out and, you know, in fairness, let, let, let's, let's be fair. Cause we're familiar with the company and, you know, look, it's a large cash position. I think it's something like $92 million. It's got an asset in Nevada. Nicaragua has always been politically challenged. Uh, the corruption there has always been, you know, very obvious, but to Calibra's credit, they, they came out with the release today, and this is what led to the bounce today, saying that operations will continue to be unaffected by Nicaraguan sanctions. And so it'll be interesting to follow that, because if I'm not mistaken, three of their four producing assets, um, including a new discovery, are in Nicaragua. And so Nicaragua is most definitely the cornerstone of that portfolio. Like the team, like what they've done, like the cash position, have always been weary of Nicaragua, um, rooting for them, and you know, obviously want the country to 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 politically and socially become a lot more stable, not just for mining companies, but for its own citizens. So, rooting for you know, rooting for good outcomes there on all fronts, right? Absolutely, yeah. You want what you want good news for the industry, but you got to be cognizant of the the risks. I think is is the point I was trying to get across. No, and, and and a very, very good one. It's a, it's a risky business as is when you tack on some jurisdictional risk. It just adds another layer that can sometimes be tough to overcome. Um, we talked about all the things that went down. I, I got I to gotta say, Nick, and I, I don't want to put your technical indicators out there or share how much you bought or how much you made, but you traded Patriot like a boss this past week, week and a half. I mean... I, I, I'll let you tell the story if you want to share it, but a lot of you have been writing in and asking about Patriot and hey, Nick did what the smart money does. He, uh, he, he, well, I'll let you tell the story. I don't want to, I don't want to talk your book for you. I mean, there was a gap in the chart where it had gapped up a couple of uh, months ago. And, um, one thing I've, I've learned over the years is that gaps get filled, man. Um, and so I was thinking for a while that there was a gap. I think it was around 340 something on the on the U.S. side on PM ETF um, and had a limit order placed there. And it was coming down uh, towards it. It was coming down towards it. And you were hitting me up saying, you know, Patriots, it's heading towards that gap. And I was saying, you know, I almost chased it, but I just left my limit order in. And sure enough, sure enough the day after that, um, it filled that gap. My order got filled and then I've added to my uh, Patriot battery metals position in a uh, at a price that's the lowest it's been in probably, you know, in, in a month or a month and a half or, or something like that. So yeah. um, patience is key. Uh, charts are important. Um, and it's probably a good segue to talk about lithium if you want to mm -hmm. talk about, you know, uh, Tesla first and then maybe lithium second or maybe I'll just jump right into it. Um, um, we already talked about the fangs and, and, and how they were the darlings of the market for a long time. You know, Tesla was one of the biggest market darlings there was, sort of a cult following stock, um, despite, you know, marginal profitability and um, 
lots of empty promises from its uh, founder and leader, Elon Musk. Well, um, you know, in the in the past couple of weeks here, it's it's missed earnings. Uh, you know, it, it's lost, I think, something like, oh, gosh, do I even want to come up with the number? I think something like six hundred billion <laughs> in, in market cap over yeah. the past year or something like that is right, because it was. Yeah, it was like a, a one one point three or four trillion dollar company, and it's lost um, forty to fifty percent yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so what's happening is sort of what you and I have been saying was going to happen. the The gains from this electrification of everything, from this transition to a decarbonized economy and to electric vehicles, are going now to the um, producers and the upcoming suppliers of the elements that are needed to make these cars and, and the, more specifically the batteries for the cars, as opposed to, um, you know, the Teslas and the, the Nikolas and the Rivians of the of the world. Um, not the automakers, but the, the critical elements companies are, are starting to be the beneficiary. And, um, you know, we were talking last week about how words matter and, and accountability for people like Alex Jones and Kanye, um, Kanye learning Kanye West, right? <laughs> who said that he would never be dropped from his uh, Adidas uh, partnership. He was on some podcast saying, you know, I can say anything and Adidas won't drop me. Well, they dropped him. And uh, that's going to be a quarter billion dollar hit to their company. I think it's something like 230 or 250 um, a million dollar hit. And, and they went ahead and did that. Well, I was thinking about that in relation to Elon Musk. Because you know that the, the Department of Justice has now opened up an investigation into the things uh, the company was saying about their, their driverless car technology. And so um, if there's going to be accountability for you know, people like Alex and, and, and Kanye, we're, we're going to see if there's going to be accountability for you know, people like Elon and the empty promises that he's made. You know, he was saying that his cars didn't need a driver when they were doing their tests. Um, they had a driver in them, but he wasn't touching the wheel because he wasn't needed. And it turns out, you know, the technology is not as far along as he said. There's been car crashes, for example, um, related to people using the the autopilot. And so um, and then that got me thinking about and, and I had the article up here. Let me, let me pull it up so I get the guy's name right. Um, the founder of Nikola, you remember that guy just yeah. got found guilty of fraud, <laughs> yep. which carries up to 25 years in prison for, yeah. um, you know, over promising and essentially lying about what what his electric cars could do. So um, or anyway, that you would have electric cars. <laughs> right. You know, that was the guy who, who, who rolled the truck down the hill. <laughs> it, it wasn't even powered. If only um, we would have known. If only there was a sign to tell us this guy might be a fraud. So anyway, but lithium outside of, you know, Tesla and Nikola and the, the car makers is going gangbusters. I mean, um, I was looking at the prices today and that Viagra charts. Is that what you said? I didn't know if I could say it anymore. <laughs> Don't behave. <laughs> um, you said yield, inverted yield curve earlier and I kept my mouth shut. I didn't call it the 69 yield curve. So. <laughs> he said it, not me, everybody. Powers that be. $75,000 a ton of lithium carbonate and, um, you know, sputamine lithium oxide price is now approaching $6,000 a ton where, you know, I'm invested in companies that use four and $5,000 a ton or or lower in in their feasibility studies. So um, the lithium side of things is getting increasingly interesting. um, And outside of Patriot, which we talk about all the time, 
Yeah. There's another one that I'm excited about that I'm not going to talk about because uh, I've recommended it in a couple of letters and I'm going to do some advertising around it. But um, that company was back near two cents away from 52 week highs today in the back yep. of um, hitting more lithium tantalum, not only at its feasibility stage project, which I think a permit is coming for. I'll find out hopefully some more tomorrow. I'm going to interview the president, but um, 40 kilometers away, they're turning up 2% lithium in, in grab samples at, at projects that are not the project that has a feasibility study on mm. it. So, um, you know, lithium's getting exciting and um, it's a place to do some due diligence and, and we'll be writing more about it here um, for sure. Excited about lithium. Um, it, it's really interesting. You know, you mentioned Patriot and we talked about lithium making new highs every month, right? And I had a really good conversation with Patriot CEO Blair Way, and we'll put a link up to the interview uh, for Daily Profit Cycle, which I encourage everybody to go to. And, and it, you know, there's a ton of free content on there. That interview actually was on Resource Stock Digest, which also has a ton of sponsor paid free content for you. So there's two platforms that Nick and I co-own that has a ton of useful information. But anyhow, I digress. I was speaking with Blair and he said something to me near the end of our conversation that really caught my eye and then it really caught my attention. He said, Gerardo, you would be surprised at the amount of non-lithium miners and companies that are reaching out to me. He said, chemical companies, oil companies, other metals companies, because they're realizing that lithium is going to be one of the, if not the most important energy source for the next, you know, several decades. And it's a mineral that supply is not going to be able to come online as fast as the demand. Uh, we just saw Europe say that by 2035, it will be illegal to sell a non-electric vehicle. That is a huge pivot. Now, do we get there? Is some of that marketing? Is some of that, you know, pie in the sky? Don't know. We're going to have to see if the electrical grid can handle a society of nothing but electric vehicles or hybrid vehicles. But that's definitely the goal. And there's definitely bipartisan support for that. So when I, when I look at a company like Patriot, that's really only been exploring for a little over a year, and they're having conversations with major miners, oil companies, companies that, you know, mine other metals, not lithium, have never been in the lithium space, chemical companies that are all of a sudden interested in, in potentially taking a stake or, or getting a piece or securing uh, supply agreements for future supply. That speaks, I think, to how robust the sector is going to continue. So again, gold bugs, love you. Uh, big proponent of gold, uh, just like everyone else. It's a great hedge. I, 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 I own some. I think these are spectacular levels to add. I think the stocks are a once in a lifetime bargain, especially some of these juniors. But I also think, you know, we're climbing uphill in the gold space right now. It's going to take another quarter or two for that trade to really turn around and for us to get momentum and trends going in the direction that we want. The lithium space is now. The uranium space is now. And so, again, I sound like a broken record all week, but look, a broken record has been really good to me this year. And frankly, was really good to me last year. Um, so those are the two sectors I will continue to pound the table on. Nothing wrong with gold. It's a great preserver of wealth. It's not prime time for gold right now. Go where the action is, everybody, and do some due diligence. And again, go to Daily Profit Cycle. Go to Resource Stock Digest. It's free. If you don't like it, don't click on it. But it's free. Get your money back. Well, um, 
I'm, I, I'm supposed to tell you about my credentials and I wrote a book <laughs> called Energy Investing for Dummies uh, a long time ago. But A best-selling um, book. <laughs> I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> no, look, um, just, just like Barrick semi-pivoted into copper um, is the reason these other miners are pivoting into lithium. I mean, they're seeking cash flow. They're seeking profitable products. Um, and they see the cash flows and the market caps that are being generated from lithium mining. There's a report uh, this week that Fortescue, which is a huge, yeah. you know, iron miner producer was um, uh, the, the leader of that company was talking about making a long-term foray into to lithium mining. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, that's one of the companies that's ringing up these smaller lithium companies that you were just mentioning, right? How they're getting calls from other people, you know, Elon Musk wasn't lying on a conference call last quarter when he said, you know, lithium mining and refining is, is akin to printing money. Um, it has it's been where, for us. <laughs> it, it's where the action is, right? Um, and you mentioned, you know, this transition and if the grid's going to be able to support it. Well, you know, speaking of transitions, it's a good way to talk about um, uranium, which we wanted to get to as well. Um, You're getting good at this transition thing, Nick. After 191 uh, of these, it's starting to click. <laughs> trying, trying. I put a little bit of forethought into this one. <laughs> Instead of just hitting the record button, um, you know, Canada, um, green, left-leaning, liberal Canada came out this week and said, you know, we're going to give a billion Canadian dollars, which I don't know, it's like 50 U.S. dollars or something like that, <laughs> <laughs> a billion dollars to... We can, um, Canadian friends, we can. <laughs> To next generation nuclear reactors and, and the minister who made the announcement said, basically, look, we can't meet our climate goals unless we do that, which is precisely um, the point we've been trying to get across. You can't, um, you know, meet your zero emission targets by 2050 that all these countries have signed on to without building um, more nukes. And so, um, you know, shoes continue to drop every week in the nuclear space. That was just the uh, latest here in the U.S. You know, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm said we're going to. Yep. Um, make a more fulsome, she used the word fulsome, a more fulsome effort to, you know, produce our own nuclear fuel um, and, and said there'll be more forthcoming plans for that. We already know they're trying to establish a, a domestic uranium reserve. We already know that um, they put incentives for, for nuclear and, and uranium and the recent infrastructure and inflation reduction act bills. Mm -hmm. But um, that is the direction this is going. Uh, the world can't meet its targets. Uh, well, First of all, the, the world can't keep the lights on it without nuclear. Second of all, it certainly can't meet its uh, carbon reduction targets without nuclear. And so um, that that market is stocks in general, um, slight uptick this week on some of that news, but in general are, are much lower than they were earlier in the year. And uh, uranium itself has a lot further to go to the upside as well. And I want to be accurate in, in, in my statement about the EU reaching an agreement um, on the sale of combustion vehicles. It's prohibiting the manufacture of new combustion engine vehicles beginning in 2035. So again, still the trend is clear. The direction is clear. Um, the demand side of it is clear. The supply side is <laughs> it's, 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 it's not going to be enough to keep up, folks. A lot of money to be made in that space. You mentioned Kanye. I think, um, you know, you mentioned Adidas taking a $260 million revenue hit. Kanye says he took a $2 billion hit. Um, and, it, you know, it's it's freedom of speech, right? Speech should be free. Um, and I, I'm a big believer in the First Amendment and freedom of speech. We've talked about uh, accountability a lot on this podcast. Kanye's getting him some accountability. 
He's finding right. out what happens when Ari Emanuel, who of course was played brilliantly by Jeremy Pivens uh, from Chicago, by the way, in the show. Um, you 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 remember the show? The right? HBO show. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so the real Ari Emanuel picked up the phone and said, "Hey, how about everybody quit working with him?" Adidas is like, "Fine, we'll lose two hundred and sixty-five million dollars." Balenciaga, fine, gone. Um, a number of companies are, are are doing away with it. Is it right? Is it wrong? Hey, uh, you know, that's for someone else to opine on. But again, like Alex Jones, words and actions have accountability. You can say whatever you want. But in the words of Mike Tyson, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yeah. He's getting punched in the mouth right now. I hope he's got a plan. Two billion isn't a little bit. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Um, not just brands that are leaving him, but, you know, he had a promotional arm. <laughs> I thought you were saying what his wife. <laughs> well, that's already happened, right? Um, that's probably what set him off on the deep end. She was getting with the, the white guy with the weird hair. Um, um, no, he had, what was it called? Donda or Dunda? Donda, or Aca- Donda Academy, named after his mother, correct? Yeah, he had um, some some pretty high-profile athletes. I'm not hip to all the names, but, but one uh, defensive player I know the name of is Aaron Donald, and I think there was a, an NBA basketball player that was signed up to that as well. They also backed out this week. They cut ties with, with that group. So um, he's losing out all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he had a, an academy that, you know, he funded and, and you know, a great, a great um, idea and, and provided a lot of support for kids. It was named after his mom, Donda. So Donda Academy. And, you know, that's being forced to close down. So look, say what you say, do what you do, everyone. But just know that words and actions have consequences. I'll leave that yep. there. What else you got on your mind, Nick? I don't know what you're going to talk about. Look back at the list. Imagine giving a fuck about what James Corden thinks about an omelet. <laughs> oh man, I don't. That's what kind of I don't even want to talk about it. That's actually the point. Um, you know, there's so much. <laughs> yeah. there's so much noise out there. Um, and 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 if you want to get ahead, if you want to separate yourself, if you want to not be the you know the the faceless child who is um, you know another brick in the wall, then you've got to stop. You know catering to and, and honestly giving a fuck about some of this noise so i'm not going to spend a lot of time on it but i've been seeing this, a lot of headlines about james corden and 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 you know that's the guy at least in my mind who sings karaoke in the car <laughs> I, don't what, I don't know what else he does um, but he, I hosts, guess, he hosts a late night show and he also sings karaoke in the car it's one of the segments yes <laughs> well you should stick to that because i guess complaining about omelets will get you unlimited press and, and Good uh, God. so i you know i don't know he was talking trash on a on a waiter or his wife didn't like an omelet and then he made comments about uh somebody else who was talking about eggs while in the midst of some press people and um that's it i don't want to talk about it anymore it, it shouldn't be in a new york times fucking article or newsletter that i received but it was and that's the problem <clears throat> we have the lights about to go out on parts of europe and luckily there's been a glut of natural gas in europe so that may be europe saving grace for energy needs this fall and winter and that's awesome cuz nobody wants to see anybody freeze or have their lights go out during the winter but you know we we have that going on we have you know the continued aggression with russia in the ukraine and and the invasion however you feel about that um a lot of money is being allocated um, towards weaponizing the Ukrainian side. And, you know, again, however you feel about it, that has real consequences 
um, on a very human le level for both sides, right? The Russian people and the Ukrainian people. Um, so much going on in the world. We got to read about James Corden in a fucking omelet. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, you, you, we have to do better, everyone. And just, you know, <laughs> you get 24 hours in a day, folks. I, you know, I've talked about my my mother-in-law passing earlier this year, and my father passing uh, back in July. And the one thing I'm so at peace with is we never spent time on frivolous matters, right? It was always quality time. We did the things, said the things. Um, so, so no regrets on that front. Miss them, of course, miss them, but. Um, it's awesome to have quality time memories. Extend your quality time to everyone. Extend it to your friends. Extend it to your spouse. Extend it to your kids. Have quality time with yourself. There's better things to do and much more serious topics to tackle than the New York Times putting James Corden on in, in an article about an omelet. Like, we, we can absolutely do without it. Um, <laughs> And with that, I was going to talk about Ted Cruz, but just Google it, everyone. Ted Cruz, New York. It's hilarious. It made me smile. Um, that's one of those things that makes me smile. It's Ted Cruz well, getting cursed out of the baseball game. <laughs> let's talk about it because I wouldn't mind talking about midterms just for a hot second here. So I thought you were going to talk about him. Um, you know, he's coming out swinging for Herschel Walker, which, good Lord, um, reminds me of when Bill Cosby used to talk gibberish about pudding is what Herschel Walker sounds like when he opens his mouth. So I thought that's what you were going to talk about. But what happened with Ted Cruz? Oh, he just went to a baseball game in New York, a playoff game. <laughs> New York crowd being a New York crowd started saying, fuck you, Ted Cruz, you racist piece of shit. Remember <laughs> when Donald Trump called your wife ugly and you didn't say anything? And then they proceeded to tell him to get the fuck out. <laughs> Well, you know, there's always going to be the crowd that, that, that does that. And, and New York will give it to you, man. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, and, and on the other side, you know, we like to be equal here is, you know, I saw Joe Biden was at an Eagles game, a Philadelphia oh Eagles game God. last week, and, and people were giving it to Joe Biden. Absolutely. Who's not even an elected politician. But um, anyway, there was some let's go Brandon chats there, which yep. um, I guess brings me to the midterms, which... I'm not too, too informed about other than to say um, it looks like as we get closer and closer that the, the Republicans are going to uh, regain the House. The, the Senate races are, are really close. Um, and it's just it's just laughable for a couple of reasons. You got a guy that's coming off a stroke running against uh, a celebrity doctor in Pennsylvania for the fucking Senate. Um, you've got a lady here in Washington that's like almost 80 years old that's been in the Senate since the early 1990s. Um, you know, feeling threatened. I was reading an article this week that the, the Democratic Party is, you know, allocating more funds to her in what should be a, a solidly blue state here in Washington. She's running against, I think I might have mentioned on this podcast before, a young lady named Tif Tiffany Smiley, um, yeah. who is, is surging in the polls for, for no other reason than I can see other than she's not Patty Murray. I mean, basically, like, people are done with these people that have been in the Senate for 30-some years. So, um It'll be interesting to see how these races shape up. It looks like, um, you know, uh, right at the margin, the, the Democrats might squeak out the Senate, but um, lose the House. And then you get a, a lame duck um, session here for um, the the president over the, the next year, year and a half or whatever. So uh, big implications tying it back to the market, I guess, which is important is, yeah. you know, there's some antitrust stuff that the they were trying to get passed for, for tech companies that might not come to fruition if the... Uh, Republicans gain the House, you know, um, as it relates to, to mergers and acquisitions and um, consumer protections from tech companies like Amazon squeezing out third party sellers and, and things like that. And then 
Um, oh, I'll do another transition because I think we want to talk about cannabis, but um, like legalization of cannabis, for example, you might be able to um, punt because they didn't get it done before the midterms here. Marijuana is coming to Florida gas stations. It's already in Washington gas stations. I don't know if anyone knows that or not. <laughs> it's everywhere, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> but um, officially coming to Circle K gas stations, which is right. a first for marijuana. Um, look, uh, Green Thumb Industries is one of the largest U.S. cannabis producers. They will be able to sell marijuana products along with cigarettes and snackies all cannabis infused thc approved um and look circle k has got seven thousand stores in 47 states 642 locations in florida so it's not insignificant and i only bring it up because i think again we talk about the lithium trend we talk about the uranium trend I think, you know, cannabis stocks have been taken to the woodshed. Mm -hmm. There is an opportunity there if you have the right timeline and you're a patient enough speculator and you know what you're doing, right? And it's definitely not my space, right? I, I wrote one check and I still don't know where that check is for a potential, um, you know, uh, uh, psychedelics deal. It wasn't deal. even cannabis. Yeah. It wasn't even cannabis. It was a psychedelics <laughs> deal. But, you know, related, I think I, I think both industries have a ton of market share to capture, Um and, and we know that because, again, marijuana is already everywhere. So um, you have a built in user base is what I'm trying to explain to you all. But no, this is a big uh, this is a big deal for, you know, the commercialization and it going mainstream. And good job, Florida. Yeah. Um, cannabis is bottoming. I'm not sure it's bottomed, but um, bottom is not a point in time. It's a process. Right. Um, so the cannabis space is bottoming. I was saying in Washington, we have them in gas stations. They're not really in gas stations. They're just adjacent to like they're divided <laughs> by a wall. So you got to go in separate doors, but it's like the same building. Um, Does a baby and, come out and give you marijuana? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, gas stations already sell booze, right? Which uh, leads to much more, uh, many more car accidents than marijuana, certainly. So uh, it's not hard to envision a future where cannabis is sold in gas station. They already sell the blunts, right? Might as well sell the uh, the weed too. Um, and then um, big news actually in the cannabis space was um, Canopy Growth, which is one of the largest weed companies yeah. in the world, is making a move to um, decouple a bit from, you know, Constellation was a big shareholder and they're creating a U.S. holding company so that uh, when the legislation does turn, when the cannabis is descheduled, um, uh, then Canopy Growth can make a, a, an actual foray into the United States because, um, as we know, these these large Canadian producers uh, aren't operating in, in the U.S. It's only the, the, the so-called MSOSs, you know, yep. the multi-state operators. Um, and so the, the process is happening, as you say, I, I agree, there's an opportunity there as well. And um, I told you I was looking at buying cannabis stocks before Biden decriminalized the other week. Um, they're not much higher than they were when he went, well, they're not higher than he were after they did that. They pulled back a little bit since then. So uh, like the cannabis space, and like you say, it's a time frame thing um, relating back to the politics, because uh, I don't think it gets passed uh, in the next six months, for example. I agree. I agree. Um... Do we want to talk about the people that are gluing themselves to walls and destroying paintings in the name of the environment? Um, have you been following? A little bit. I read that. Uh, yeah, I, I read the funding for some of that was from 
you know, a, a big oil uh, magnate. And uh, I haven't been following it in much detail. I've seen some articles. No. I've seen some clips, but. Me either. Um, the biggest takeaways for me are that it's noise. It's sort of like the, the James Corden thing. The headlines never tell you that all these paintings have glass in front of them. So you'll see, um, you know, <laughs> activists throw tomato soup on priceless Van Gogh and they want to make you think that they ruined the painting. But um, the museums aren't dumb, everybody. All these paintings are behind, you know, glass veneers uh, that they just wipe the soup and the mashed potatoes off. So um, that's the first thing. And then um, I guess good on these people. It's called like just just stop oil or, or stop oil now. There's there's some <laughs> that, that's the name that these people are a part of. Um, and then they're gluing themselves to the wall. Um, there was also there, there was also there was also a group of scientists um, who glued themselves to the floor. I think it was at a at a Porsche show um, in Europe recently. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, Porsche is owned by Volkswagen. Um, it's actually just IPO, but majority owned by um, Volkswagen. And Volkswagen said, hey, you know, we support your right to free speech, but um, we're not giving you any food and we're turning off the heating. So good luck. <laughs> Again, speech is free. Accountability that comes with it sometimes, not so much, right? Sometimes exactly. not so much. Um what, what, so more, what, a bit, more a bit of uh, comedic relief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could always use the comedic relief. Um, what are we watching in the markets this week, Nick? I'll, I'll, I'll start actually. Definitely looking forward to the progress at Nevada Sunrise's Gemini Project in Nevada. Uh, it's a project that has a rig turning now. I expect results relatively soon. I'm hoping within the next two to three weeks as I know that core is being fast-tracked and sent to the lab as we speak. Um, you know, tiny market cap, assets I like. There's a gold project I really like that it owns 20% of, the Kinsley Mountain Gold Project, and um, a copper asset I like. But look, the main event there, of course, is the potential for a lithium brine. And I'll be following that closely. I own quite a bit of it, of course. It's my second largest personal holding. So looking for some more success there. It's gone from $0.03 cents to $0.33 cents here in pretty short order this year. And... Uh, I think headed higher, but we'll see. Um, I'll take it more macro. I am personally uh, short the banks. I am personally short the S&P. <laughs> I have a bid in to be short uh, Bitcoin related companies, mm. um, which is all to say that this recent rally uh, across uh, the things I just mentioned there, the entire market, the S&P, the banks and Bitcoin, which is back above 20,000 is going to be short lived. I um, personally sold my NASDAQ short today, so uh, covered that, took gains off the table. I think that might be three in a row for me. One of these days I'll get around to being a good newsletter editor and um, putting out that trade. But it's tough to recommend shorts and, yeah. um, you know, there's, there's a lot that comes with that, especially when they're leveraged and you got to get in and out. And so I tend to just keep that as my own personal thing. But um, all that to say, I think this this rally fades in the coming week as as you get a Fed meeting right here after Halloween um, and as earnings continue to come in. Like I said, Apple hasn't reported yet. We'll be out by the time um, you see this. And um, we still got over half the S&P earnings to come out. It's, it's not going to be a good scenario, I don't think, over the uh, coming weeks. Amazon just reported Kramer loved Amazon heading into earnings. He said the cloud business seems to be doing really well. Do you want to know how... Amazon is doing after hours. It's probably down the four to eight percent. Keep going. Oh my goodness! It was yeah, down. It, it was is... it, it was down four percent today. This is the after hours trading. Jim might be crying some more again. 
That's what I'm saying, guys. 18.53% to the downside. That's a lot for one of the biggest companies in the world. That's not a junior. That's not a lithium junior exploring for lithium in Nevada. That's not a copper junior that missed on uh, an anomaly. This is Amazon, folks. Be very, very careful out there, everybody. Probably shouldn't have covered my tech short so soon. Well... <laughs> You'll never go broke taking a profit. <laughs> bust, out, I know. bust out the cliches, right? But, but, I, but I always lament not making more. <laughs> I'm supposed to tell all of you to like, comment, subscribe, and make sure to check us out at dailyprofitcycle.com to never miss our updates and market commentary. Forward, forward slash subscribe, I think it is. Dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe. So, yeah, as Gerardo said, free reports there, free daily articles, links to all our um, paid publications where um, we're a little bit more serious than we are in this podcast and, and, and make legitimate buy and sell recommendations in the things that, um, well, I guess we're experts in, Gerardo. Some of the things, some of the time. Every now and then we get a couple right, and um, you know, hopefully we do more, more, more of the getting right than the not getting it right, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you that uh, foundational profits up on my chest is the closed portfolios up, up, up. Yeah, that's that's up twenty five percent for the year, while the Nasdaq is down twenty percent. So, um, and that's all with um, multi billion dollar market cap companies and industry funds it's not with tiny companies it's not with trading so um yeah a little bit proud of that all right you want to send us off mr hodge no that's it i guess this was episode 192 of also what i'm supposed to say investing in bizarro world <laughs> be kind to each other out there everybody the powers that be got me they're making yeah. me change guys <laughs> Y'all take care out there. Be safe. I hope everyone has a great Halloween, holiday, whatever you celebrate. If you don't celebrate, go celebrate something. Take care, y'all. And remember, remember, the 5th of November. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.